As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Joe Beninati. You're listening to NBC Sports Washington's Capitals Face-Off Podcast. Here he is. Here's your host, J.J. Regan. Right now, in hard uh, position, but uh, um, it's going to be fun to know he bounced back and uh, um, going to tie the the series and come back here and uh, uh, play game five. Uh, Those were the words of the captain after game two. Not so much a guarantee as it was, just a statement of fact that this series would come back to Washington and it would be tied. And Alex Ovechkin delivered on his word. The Capitals went into Columbus and won both games, and now they're coming back to Washington with a tie series. Welcome into another edition of the NBC Sports Washington's Capitals Face-Up Podcast. I am, of course, your host, the Capitals correspondent, J.J. Regan. With me today, he's the Capitals insider. Mm. <laughs> he is the boo-boo to my yogi. He is Tarkov Shear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, 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 actually under, I actually know that, that reference. You know that one? That, yeah, well, I know that one. That's the first. What we'll talk about today, <laughs> we're going to talk about the big game three and game four wins. We're going to look ahead to how this series may play out, and we're going to answer some listener questions. First, Tarek, some general thoughts on the series. I mean... What a difference two games has made. We talked after game two. We thought, wow, this could be an early summer for us. Things are looking dire. You lose both games at home. Oh, you said that. I, I, I was fully confident <laughs> oh, that this confident? was going to be a longer series. Okay. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I. It's not like they got beat five two and four to one at True. home. True. You know, there, there were some there were some unfortunate penalties. I thought they played relatively well mm-hmm. uh, in those games, and you know, it's a crapshoot. It's a it's a toss up once you get to overtime in the playoffs. I, I wasn't 100 percent confident they were going to come back two two. I thought it was going to be maybe three one. They were going right. to really battle their way back, but yeah. I didn't. I hadn't lost total faith. Like to put it this way. I wasn't counting my merit rewards points and starting to look at you know what what warm sunny locales I wanted to take the family to right. uh, just yet. So tell me what happened in Game Three and Game Four. How did they turn things around so drastically? Well, I, I think a number of things um, happened. Well, first of all, they they got a little more disciplined. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, if you go back to the games one and two, those games were lost on dumb penalties at critical junctures. Yes, and uh, the penalty kill 
didn't know what it was doing against Columbus's power play. Columbus, you know, came in with a game plan and they scored four goals in their first eight power play opportunities. I mean, that's going to kill you, especially when you know you're you're taking dumb penalties. So, I mean, part of it was that, but I think part of it is uh, the Capitals adopted a very simplistic and uh, hard-nosed approach to playing on the playoff, uh, playing on the road in the playoffs. They just they weren't overpassing to um in in my opinion in 3 and 4 like we saw a little bit in 1 and 2 where they were getting a little too cutesy they were very business like they were very on it i thought they were in terms of defensive structure a little more defensive than i recall in game 4 i mean they were uh that game 4 might have been their best performance in terms of their play in all three zones and in terms of just having more components going at the same time and, you know, the X factor is goaltending. It always is goaltending. It always yeah, comes back to goaltending. And I, I know I've said this 15 times probably on this podcast, but, you know, a wise man once told me, instead of hockey, why don't they just call it goalie, especially in the playoffs, because it's, it's, it's about the goalie, dummy. And uh, <laughs> Braden Holpe has been outstanding. I mean, since he's come back, 940 save percentage, 135 goals against average. I mean, mm-hmm. that's – Pretty ridiculous. 132, excuse me. This series turned when Brayden Holpe got reclaimed the net. For anyone out there who told me all season long, Brayden Holpe doesn't deliver when it matters. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm cutting you off. Okay. Because you called me boo-boo in the the intro. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you're a National National Hockey League head coach Mm -hmm. or you're a project manager of an IT firm somewhere in Northern Virginia. I don't care what profession you're in. You make big tough decisions based on the information that's in front of you at the time you have to make that decision. Yep. Barry Trotz picked Philip Grubauer for all of the right reasons. Yes, absolutely. All of the right, right reasons. He was the best goaltender from Thanksgiving until the end of the regular season statistically. You can't there was no other there was no other option to arrive at. I mean it, that was the I, in my opinion, it wasn't even a decision. He, it, no, he, he made had, the right call. Right. Absolutely. There's and again, no and again, he made the right decision after Grubauer gave up eight goals on 49 yes. shots. Yes. And both, neither one of those were easy. Both took guts. Both took a coach that isn't under contract for next year. Might be a little <laughs> more free to make some hard decisions. Right. Which I like. Mm-hmm. And Hopi went back in and just... It looked like he turned back the clock to 2016-17. Yeah, looks like old Holpe again. Yeah. I mean, Coach Trotz made a great point last night. Holpe made the kinds of saves, not a bunch of them, just two saves. There were two saves in particular that he made that kept this game in the Capitals' reach. And that's all you need. You don't need your goaltender to be standing on his head. You just need him to make all the saves he's supposed to and then two or three that he wasn't supposed to. Right. And then you're in great shape. And that was a theme that he carried over from Game 2. I remember after Game 2, he lamented the fact we didn't get the big save when we needed it. And Phil Grubauer didn't play poorly, but he didn't come up with the big save when the team needed it, and that was the problem in Game 1 and Game 2. And that's what Brayton Holpe has been able to do, is when he's been challenged, when this team needed a big save, he was there and he was able to get that big save. Now, he wasn't able to get it in overtime in Game 2, but in Game 3 and Game 4, he took over that crease, and he was very, very good, phenomenal. Now there's no question. And the point that I was going to make was before I was so rudely interrupted by Utah. I'm good at that. Was that Hopi has been criticized all season long that he's not a clutch goalie. 
that he does not perform in the biggest moments. Look at the difference between Phil Grubauer, a guy who wants to be a starter, a guy who's battling to be a starter, and Braden Holpe, a guy who is an established starter who has established himself as one of the top netminders in the world. There's a difference there, and it's been evident in this series, and it's completely changed the series. Whereas goaltending was a major strength for Columbus. Sergey Bobrovsky won single-handedly won a game now for the Blue Jackets. Now it's even. Now right. you can't say that Columbus has the edge in goaltending. Now it's even. But here, here's my question: Can Barry Trotz make his players stay at a hotel somewhere and <laughs> and and like blindfold them on the way into the building and like not let them believe that they're in their home rink and make them fool them into thinking that they're still at Nationwide Arena because not a bad idea. They've been really really good on the road and not so great at home. So that's that's the question is can they can they bring the style of play that they had in games 3 and 4 to their home rink on F Street which you know I think is is going to be the big question and if they're able to to me I think the Blue Jackets are ripe for the plucking right now. I think they are I think they're on the ropes. I think uh they're a little flustered after what happened especially in game 4. And I think if if they if the Caps get tomorrow's game, I think I think they end yeah. it they end it on Monday night in Columbus and get a few days to rest up before Dun, dun, dun. I know, I know. <laughs> it's setting itself up again, but we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not anywhere close to that just no. yet. No, and you shouldn't even start looking ahead. But it's hard, it's hard to not. But of course, but you, but you shouldn't. Targ, you brought up the Cavs' struggles at home in their last six home games in the playoffs. Their last six, so dating back to the Pittsburgh series last year, the Capitals have won only one of those games. That's crazy. You should be better at home in the playoffs than that. You should be for a number of reasons. Uh, you're sleeping in your own bed. You're you're around your family. You're in your comfortable you know confines of of things you you know. And you have the last change. You, you get the matchups. The yeah, that's I mean the there one. there are so many advantages to being at home. That said. There's something to be said about being comfortable, you know, and, and that's not always the right way to be when you're going to battle. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need to kind of have that, that edge, that kind of looking over your shoulder, that kind of uneasiness. Sometimes you can kind of be lulled into a false sense of, and I asked Barry Trotz about that this morning. Yep. You know, I asked him about it, and he, and he agreed. He said, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, and, he, and, and then he said, and he didn't expand on it, he said, and there's some distractions when you're at home. And what he meant was, you know, there's, there's the wife. There's the girlfriend. There's the, the 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 family members who are asking for tickets. There are you know. There's just stuff going on. There's you know, just things that it's more of a business trip when you're on the road. Yeah, it's just more of a business trip. Now you aren't getting exactly what you want to eat. You're not in your own bed, but it's more of a you're more dialed in and focused, and your your senses are kind of heightened because you're in enemy territory, and there really is nothing. For the most part, especially in the playoffs, you're not going out and messing around. You're you're in your room. You're eating. You're you're with your teammates. You're 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 hunkered down. That's all you're you're sleeping, eating, breathing hockey. That's all you're doing. Now, there's a theory about the Capitals at home that I want to I want to throw out here. See see what we think of this because of this the history of this team. No 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 no. Well. Okay, maybe a little bit. The maybe crowd, a little bit. When, I know. Maybe the, a little bit. I know because these guys are already. I know where you're going, so I, we don't. You don't need to tell me. Okay. So the players are already already have some self doubt because this core group has been through multiple failures. Uh-huh. It 
does not help when the fans sit on their hands and go, oh. and the wind goes uh, out yes, of the building. That, that the air goes out of the building. That said, yeah. that said, you know how you combat that? You kick you ass in the first start. period. Yes. You take a 2 nothing lead, and then you hold on to it, and the right. crowd stands for the final three minutes as you're, as you're holding on to that lead. Yes. That's how you combat it. Right. If, if you have a history of collapsing and you start to collapse, <laughs> your supporters are going to run for the hills. So you know how you fix that? Kick ass in the first period. Yeah. And then hang on. For sure. You know, one other thing, interesting thing about the series that I noticed, until game four, I would say the better team lost the first three games of the series. The Caps were the better team in game one and game two and lost those games. And Columbus was really the better team in game three. And the Caps won that game. I, I think you can make that argument. Sure. I think that goes back to what we were talking about before with goaltending. How important goaltending is. Game three especially. Brayton Holtby. I'm not, even, I'm not even calling it hockey anymore. I'm just calling it goalie. Brayton Holtby stole that game. I mean, let's be honest. Columbus was better. And Brayton Holtby was just better than Columbus. I agree. So an interesting set there. Uh, we're going to talk more about this series. But first, got to pay some bills. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Uh, it was just a struggle. It, it was that's called a good old-fashioned laying an egg, uh, right on through our lineup. It was a struggle for our whole team against Washington tonight. Give them credit; they played a really good game. Uh, we fed right into it through the whole team. It's a series. Uh, we did not have a good 60 minutes tonight, but we're not down in the series, so it, it's wipe it clean. It's a three-game series now. We are not down in the damn series. We weren't good. We weren't good. There's no sense asking me things about the game. I'm telling you, we laid an egg, so I'm not going to break it down for you. We sucked. We sucked. So let's move by it and see if we play better Saturday afternoon. Welcome back. Dark. John Torrello was a little frustrated after game four. Mm. You were probably there for his press I conference, was. weren't you? Tortorella was acting. He's a master motivator. He's been doing yes. this. For, he's been doing this for twenty something years. See, I want. He to knows. He knows the fabric, the DNA of the team. Like he wouldn't have gone into a veteran laden room and used the words, you know, we laid an egg, we stunk, we sucked. He wouldn't say that to a, to the Capitals. He wouldn't have walked into the and looked at Ovi and Backstrom and said those. But you know what? He's got a young team. He's got. A, he, he knows how what the makeup of his team and what buttons to push. And you know what? He probably didn't say a whole lot to them after the game. He wanted to make sure that he was hard on them and gave them a kick in the pants in the media. So when they got into their cars and looked at their smartphones and everyone's going, Coach said you sucked. He said you laid an egg. Oh, man. Okay. And that's where they get the message. And he knows what he's doing. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's coached at the highest level for a long time because he's freaking good at what he does. Right. And part of that is, is knowing how to push the right buttons. Yeah, uh, but there's one other th- aspect to that. It's not just, I think, sending a message to your team via the media. It's also Columbus played their worst game in the series in game four. And what are we talking about? We're talking about John Tortorella. We're not talking about, boy, exactly. look at Columbus. Exactly. Oh, they're, they're, Washington really has their number took now. The pressure, We're talking took about the pressure, Took the pressure right off his guys, and he knows it. You know what? People, people I, I haven't gone back and read the lead. 
to the Columbus Dispatch story mm-hmm. and the sidebars and but I can almost get and what ESPN and NHL Network are talking about I can almost guarantee <laughs> you it wasn't about Artemi Panarin not getting more than an inch of open ice to, to do anything in game four right. I can almost guarantee you that the lead of the storyline the lead storyline was Tortorella walking off the podium in a huff yeah I, the lead story on our site for the Capitals on Friday is John Tortorella yeah. walking out of the press conference. Of course, this, this is and what it he happened. Does. It happened, and and it was it was newsworthy, and you sh- people should write and talk about it. Yeah. But again, master motivator. The, he knows. He knows exactly. I'm going to I'm going to shoulder this and let Artemi and Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones. They know they sucked. I don't need to tell you know. I, I don't need to go say this to their face. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of this heat. Um. But you know, his words still carry some some weight too. So don't laugh too hard, Cavs fans, because John Tortorella. Uh, not that he hasn't lost his temper in the past, because he certainly has. But in most of these cases, and I think this is one of them, he knows exactly what he's doing. Having said that, one little quibble I do have is that whenever these things happen, I always see that reaction. Why does he have to talk to the media? Oh, leave him alone. Why does he have to talk to the media? We have the greatest job in the world. There are aspects of my job that I don't like. But you know what? Uh, can you imagine if we were in a meeting and somebody asked me a this question? This is not a better job just... than professional surfer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not getting attacked by a shark. You ever see that video? <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine if we were sitting in a meeting and someone's like, JJ, what do you think about that? And I went, oh, I don't know. And I just got up and walked out of the meeting. The reaction in the office would not be, why does JJ have to go to that meeting? Leave him alone. No. If you're a professional coach, a professional athlete, part of your job is dealing with the media. I'm sorry. It just is. Now, this was totally calculated okay. by him. It's not because so he doesn't the, like the, us. The other thing, I, calculated. I, I, I haven't heard uh, you know fans saying that, but I have heard the, the gripes about the media and why you guys all – listen, the league wouldn't be a $2.5 billion league if yep. it weren't for the media driving storylines. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, imagine – Imagine if hockey just disappeared after the Stanley Cup were awarded and there was no buzz around the draft and buzz around uh, free agency. It would just cease to exist. I mean, just there just wouldn't be the interest in, in the sport year-round, in, in all sports. Media, look, players don't like us. Coaches don't like us. They deal with us because <laughs> the, like bylaws, you, the, the bylaws say they have to deal with yes. us. But at, the sa- but, but at the same time, when they cash those 4 and $5 million checks mm-hmm. – they better understand that me and JJ are helping them get yep. them because we're we're increasing their value by increasing their exposure and making them into stars. So for all you professional athletes and coaches who are listening, because we know you do, I'll take a I'll, t- I'll take a, I'll take can, a four percent cut. Yep, yeah, yeah, forward those checks on over to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then by the way, the players they they don't like you, Tarek. They like me just fine. No, they don't. But anyway, that's not what that's not what my sources tell me. <laughs> Moving on, the Capitals have tied the series, but that's as far as they've gotten. There's still work to be done here. So, Tark, how do the Capitals go from here and win the series? Well, Braden Holpe needs to be the Braden Holpe we saw in three and four. They need to keep their butts out of the penalty box, especially for dumb penalties. Yes. And by the way, for people who don't think that Tom Wilson gets targeted by the referee. Oh, my God. That <laughs> tripping call the other day, I, or in game four, the dude was just skating to skating to make a hit, and then, oh, I don't he know. Led with the hips. That led was with not, the hip. Contact with the hip. I just, it terrible. is not a trip. Terrible. So, um, goaltending, uh, staying out of the box. More importantly, bring that composure and focus and 
business-like, workman-like effort that they showed in three and four. Bring that here. Get that lead. Get the crowd behind you. You know, it's going to be a Saturday afternoon crowd. It's going to be a lot of kids in the crowd. It's going to be a lot of families. They're going to they're ready to scream and cheer their heads off for you. Give them something to cheer about. Yeah. And don't go to overtime for God's sakes. Oh, I, I want to. I want to. For heaven's for sake, dinner. the only. <laughs> It's a three o'clock game, and we're all like, "Oh my gosh, I'll actually be home with my family that night." Until they go to three overtime, and then they'll go to triple <laughs> overtime, and we'll be there all night again. Oh, it would be such a such a cap. No, I, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm making the prediction right now. Look, the the Blue Jackets to me are on the ropes. I I, I, I feel I like they've they've given the best they, 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 they that they've got. The Caps now realize they're on the ropes, and hopefully, the killer instinct that. This group may or may not have shown consistently over the years shows up, and yeah. they're able to. Because you know what? Let's be honest. We, and again, you never want to look ahead, but the, the Penguins are going to advance. Yeah, the good prediction out of you, yeah. there, Tarek. The, the, the Penguins are going to advance, <laughs> and you don't want to go in there fresh off of Game Seven. No, where you were, you know, against fight Columbus, against Columbus, and Josh Anderson who's going to take two bodies with him. Yeah, you, you, you don't, you just don't want any part of that, man. No, you, you finish him off, finish him off, off as finish him off as Saturday and Monday. Get a couple days to get ready for. <sighs> Sidney Crosby and Sheldon Malkin, those guys again, but just, just. Get, do yourself a favor. Give yourself a chance. Yeah, finish them off. And if you're worried about the crowd, then start early. Earplugs. Give them a re- <laughs> you know, yeah. g- give the fans a reason to yes. cheer for 60 minutes, JJ, and then they won't JJ go. will even cheer for you if you get like a 2 nothing lead. There are there, – Tarek, there have been a lot of times in my career where I've had to sort of sit on my hands in the press <laughs> box because it's just reaction. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so – that is looking ahead to game five. Uh, we have some listener questions that we'd like to get to, but we're going to do that right after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Tark, let's answer a couple of listener questions. First from, it's either Edie or Eddie. I don't know if I just typed it incorrectly, but we'll go with Edie because that's what I have. Edie Ryan writes, First, let me tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. You have insightful commentary that often makes me think of sides to an issue I might not have considered before. Also, I love how you introduce Tark, JJ. <laughs> I'm always interested tell your to wife hear to stop sending in emails. You refer to will expose Tark's lack of pop culture knowledge. <laughs> I have two questions. First, what can a coach actually do to get his players to stop taking stupid penalties? At this point in the season, he's not going to bench them. These are adult professionals he's dealing with. What can a coach do? So I had this, um, this, this nun in, in grade school that would whack me on the palm of my hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corporal punishment. That's what they did, yeah. I'm just kidding. Corporal punishment's not going to work. <laughs> Tom Wilson would just throttle trots. Yeah. That wouldn't work. Why don't you get a nun in there to <laughs> bang Tom Wilson's knuckles in, with in, a in all seriousness, it's not too late. It's not too late to call them out in front of in front of the team. It's not too late to um, bring them in for video and go over their their penalties and go, look, this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You can't do this, and they and they already do that. Uh, and it's not it's not too late in the in this in the season or too early in the playoffs to pull someone's ice time. I mean. They're, this team is, you know, those top nine pretty balanced. I mean, if you want to, someone takes a dumb penalty. This is this is just me pulling this out of my butt. I mean, like let's say Chandler Stevenson takes an awful, you know, yep. hook in the ozone. Free Jacob Rana. 
Jacob Verona up to the second line immediately. Absolutely. That's what would happen. Absolutely. Uh, or Verona takes a, a, a stupid penalty. Put him at the end of the bench and say, look, hey, look, 13, you're going to come back in this game when I'm ready to, yeah. when I'm ready for you to. You're not until 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 then. So just go sit down there next to next to Gruby and um, I'll, I'll call on you. Right. So it's not too late to do that. And that that is the strongest motivator or scratching a player. You yeah. can scratch a player the next game. You could. And the trick for the coach is that he has to know who his players right. are. I know some people complain, oh, he made this guy do this, but he wouldn't get on Ovechkin for well, that. Well, guess what? You, <laughs> guess what? Coaches treat people just like you treat your boss different than your secretary. They're <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how life. You works. treat them differently, but you also treat them differently based on their personality. Like we've seen T.J. Oshie take their laps. Also, stature on the team for sure. Yeah, T.J. Oshie has taken laps during practice because of bad penalties. Yeah. Ovechkin would never do that because they're just two very different personalities. Ovechkin would steam over something like that. Oshie can handle that and 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 uh, and brush it off. And but the lesson still gets across. Tom Wilson, he knew he was taking bad penalties and it was addressed. And he told the coach that he had to be better. And he has been better. He's taken a few penalties in the last few games. But as we discussed a little bit earlier. Those may be more on the refs than they are on Tom Wilson, who seems to be getting a bad rap. Every time a ref turns around and there are two players on the ground, he just seems to point at Tom Wilson and send him to the box. But that is uh, Wilson's lot in life, unfortunately, at this point. Uh, second question, a bit obscure, but what is up with I the- love obscure. Well, this is obscure. <laughs> like Boo Boo and Yogi? <laughs> That's Jesus. Not obscure. Yogi Bear was based on Yogi Berra, right? Or is that just told, that couldn't be coincidence, right? I honestly don't know this. Don't I'm know. spitting this out. I don't know, but you know who I do know? What? I know Yogi Berra's granddaughter. She used to cover hockey for ESPN, Lindsay Did Berra. You really? Yeah. Oh. I think she still works for ESPN somewhere. She's, okay. she's doing something investigative. Super nice girl. And I remember um, just she told me one day, you know, we were all at a, like a social gathering. She's like, yeah, it was my grandfather. I was like, what? <laughs> I, well, I have to anyway, assume that, that Yogi Bear is named after Yogi Bear. I, I would have to imagine, or vice versa. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to hockey. Did you hear Avicii died? Sorry, You've been obsessed just, with this. Just, just, just get, get, get back to your question. What is up with the neck of Oshi's jersey? <laughs> Watching the game, I noticed the neck opening was so large that the tops of his shoulder pads were showing up there. There was no blue edging like the rest of the jersey. Does he cut it away? Is he rolling it under? Why? Is he having neck issue? It looks strange, and I wondered if he alters his jersey because hockey player weirdness. That's I, really funny. I, I I typically pick up on little things like that, mm-hmm. and I've never noticed that. But I can tell you this. There are people on the staff of the Capitals whose sole job it is to, to fix – their equipment in a way that they feel that comfortable. Thing, yes. if, if they want extra stuff in their skates, they put extra stuff in their skates. If they want extra stuff in their in their shin pads, they put extra stuff. If they want less stuff in their elbow, they cut it out. If they want a jersey tailored in a certain way, they go, "All right, TJ, what do you what do you want?" And they cut they just cut it together. I mean, one of the cool things about being in the locker room and, and being a former hockey player and you know, having a kid that plays now is to kind of I sometimes eyeball their equipment. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny sometimes. You're like looking at equipment that's you know being held together with um, you know yarn and, and chewing gum and spit. I mean, this stuff is old stuff, right? Because um, they get very attached to it. I mean, you know, the the, the story about Sidney Crosby's jock is um, <laughs> it's kind of legendary, right? Hasn't he had like the same one since he was like a kid or something? I know nothing about Sidney Crosby's jock. Educate me, Tarek. 
<laughs> I almost made a rude Caps fan joke, but I'm not going to. But listen, um, like Donald Brashear, uh-huh. he wore the same shoulder pads from his junior team when he was here in Washington. That was like twenty, like fifteen years later. I mean, these things were being held together literally with like with like shoestrings and like yarn and stuff. And there are guys on this team, uh, uh, equipment managers who. When I come into the building at three o'clock, and you know the players aren't even there for another two hours, they're out there with the sewing machine, and they got their little needle, and they're trying to uh, put yep. together someone's shoulder pad that's falling apart, or they're they're customizing their equipment. So I'll have to go ask TJ about that because now I'm yeah, fascinated we'll by have this. To ask, and I'll definitely look for it. Yeah. The one thing I will say though is that the NHL has some pretty strict rules about the jerseys, so I doubt that they could just cut the net. Yeah. I you, got, you, you, you can get away with a lot. I mean, you know, one interesting thing for you guys to look at, next time Ovi is like on a breakaway or is doing something that require, causes his jersey to pull up in the back, look at the custom piece that is sewn into oh, the yeah, back yeah, of yeah. his pants. It right. comes halfway up his back. Yeah. Now, it yeah. used to come up to about the small of his back. Now it comes up to like the middle of his back. <laughs> and I, mean, I don't know if he took a cross check at some point this season, but that's what they do. I mean, they yeah. – uh, Matt Niskanen wears extra like um, um, plastic on his skates yeah. because he's afraid of breaking his foot. We know with a slap shot to the side of his foot. So thank you for your question, Edie. The next question, Tark, is one near and dear to my heart, but you will hate. And it's very, it's very random. This is from William Selby, and he wants to know hey, about, about a possible future expansion draft. Oh. <laughs> he writes. <laughs> If the rules, William, I, I used to like you. If the rules are the same, the Caps are likely to lose a decent player again. Holy crap! This bro is talking about we're we're in yeah. game we're in game yeah. five of the playoffs, and we're worried about losing a player two years from now. Come on, if, man! If they can protect seven forwards, I see Ovechkin, Backstrom. And he lists the forwards and Holy the defense. Holy crap, William! Now, William! William! William. <laughs> William, there has to be some like some sort of like disorder for people like no. you and William who but, are constantly obsessed with stuff that's happening like two years from now, as opposed to focusing on what's going on right now. So William, I I read your question, with, <laughs> and you probably put together your team with great delight. However, the players that you list are very specific for this year, and while we all know that Seattle is coming, it's going to happen. It's not going to be this summer. So while you're correct that they probably wouldn't protect. Maybe he's trying to figure out what jersey to buy. Like he, he wants to invest in a jersey for well, a few years. They probably wouldn't protect John Carlson because he's a UFA. But whatever John Carlson's status is now, it will be different come the Seattle expansion draft. Because of how different things are going to be, both in terms of the Caps roster and who knows what tweaks they may make to those rules because... Probably there are a lot of general managers and owners who are none too pleased about how well Vegas is doing in the playoffs this year. Plus, Seattle may say, hey, you should make things better because we're paying $650 million as opposed to the $500 million that Vegas had to shell out for their team. Things are going to be very different. I wouldn't say very different. Not but very. But, but I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Different. They're going to get the same advantages that Vegas got because – I can guarantee you when they were negotiating the the, the particulars, it was of, probably part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there was no doubt. It yeah. was because by that by that point they already saw what Vegas had done. They were like, all right, well, we need yeah. this, this same advantage now. I mean, think about it. How perfectly this this Vegas franchise was born. I yeah. mean, like 
I don't even know how those other ones survived. Like, how did Columbus survive for that many years of being terrible? I mean, Vegas might make a Stanley Cup run in their first year, which, you know, is huge to get the hockey franchise going, yes. but also with the football team moving in town, mm. it was important for them to kind of get some of that. Establish Establish themselves, yes, get some of that corporate dollars, you know, get those fans on, on board, because once the NFL comes in town, you know, they're going to be second, uh, secondary citizens. And by the way, just one more quick aside. I know people are already looking ahead to the next CBA and worrying if uh, the NHL will lock out again because that's the NHL's move. Uh, the projected inaugural season for Seattle is the same year the CBA expires. And, you know, call me naive, but I doubt the NHL would want to delay the inaugural season of Seattle for a lockout. But that's just me. Just throwing that out there. So Yeah, no, ma- I, I, maybe I, some, no argument there. Maybe some optimism on my part. Uh, if you want to have your question read and answer, you can send it in to CapitalsFaceOff at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, and of course, why wouldn't you? You can subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. And be sure to give us a good rating and review. Those things really do matter to help spread the word about the show. Tarek, last week we, I was wondering how much longer we were going to be able to do these podcasts in season. Now the Capitals have a new lease on life, and we're thinking maybe they could go on beyond this this round. Yeah. To the second round against Pittsburgh, and then, yeah, so maybe just two I, or three what, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Who knows? Maybe this will be the year. But for right now, we'll have to wait and see because first they have to beat Columbus. I, you know, it's funny. Um, just to kind of give you guys a little peek behind the curtain, um, we're kind of a goofy bunch. In the, in the media core here, and we were all sitting around today, and John Walton was outside the outside of our little uh, fishbowl area, and I just said, I just had a vision, everybody, and everyone was like, well, what are you talking about? I said, Tark I had a vision. I just had a vision. kiss of death. I just had a vision of John Walton on a float on Constitution Avenue with all the players behind him, and they were all doing their stupid, you know, we're going to do it again next year, you know, after winning the Stanley Cup, and everyone just looked at me and just shook their heads. <laughs> So if you had hope in the cast before, <laughs> Tark just gave the kiss of death for the season. Mr. Philadelphia is going to beat Pittsburgh in the first round. Those are, those are my hot takes, How about man. That? I, I, don't, I don't put a whole lot of thought into my hot takes. Oh, this podcast is full of hot takes. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. As always, we don't do this podcast if we don't have you, the listener, supporting us. For uh, everyone but William. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. Everyone but Seriously. William and people who like the intros, which is vast majority, as I hope you've noticed. Those all those emails are from your wife. I know it. <laughs> for Tower Cable Shit, this is JJ Regan. Let's get the puck out of here.